0: Hey, this is Jared, just coming in off the top before the episode starts to uh, let you know there's some, uh, you know, some pretty heavy stuff going on in this episode. There are a few scenes in this uh, movie that really gave me pause, one for instance being the blackface scene, and there's another scene where they have uh, a character making fun of uh, Bagra traditional Indian dance, which I didn't feel good to me to watch, but I... I messaged the uh, Twitter account for this film, and they were telling me that their intent was to make fun of people, uh, specifically politicians, that have done this before. And uh, the intent was to mock them doing these type of uh, racist things. So, and yeah, uh, I mean, here's this episode.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review with me, Dan, and Jared is here as well. Say hi, Jared. Hi. Now back in the box. Oh. The boo box. <laughs> um, oh, I love the boo box. Boo box. All right. So this week we watched a film called Guardians. Um,
0: Guardians
1: of the Galaxy? It's an, it is an indie film known out of the galaxy, and it's not the uh, Russian superhero one either where they all turn into werebears that came out
0: the same year that this film came out yeah that
1: one or any of the other films named guardians so i don't know the, the the biggest point of critique that i can offer right now at the start of the show is maybe think of a different title or add words to guardians so it's not just <laughs> this
0: yeah like of the galaxy yeah we covered this no um so the film is called guardians
1: it makes sense to the film Yes. Once you see the film, you understand why it's called Guardians, but trying to find it willy-nilly in the IMDb database is impossible. Um, you have to You have yeah, to Yeah, it,
0: it was difficult to locate this film. It is an indie film, so, I mean, we have to give it, uh, you know, some leeway there for that. But, yes, so this was written and directed by Mark A.C. Brown, and I believe he submitted it to us. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but I think that was the case.
1: And uh, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Guardians 2017? I guess this is a thing in Britain. I did not realize it's a thing. It's a pretty cool, like it it made for a very interesting plot. But basically, um, you can live in ancient or antique houses in Britain for rent free because you are deemed the guardian of the house. Like you, you are essentially a housekeeper and a tenant at the same time. So, people who are strapped for cash, they will do this, and there is a character in this film, his name is Carlson, and he's strapped for cash, he's uh, down on his luck, his girlfriend broke up with him, and he needs to go somewhere. So, he gets into this guardian business, and he meets his flatmate named Lavender, and shit happens to them because... The the tenant, or not the tenant, but the landlord, he's like, yeah, it might be haunted because this person is, or the person that died is a descendant of somebody who was really awful to Chinese immigrants. But it's not haunted. Spoiler. Mm -mm. What? You can't say that? (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. I I can say it's not haunted because it's not, and uh, different things happen. Because it wasn't really spooky like i I, never once did i think that the house was haunted while watching this film but it's booked
0: as a spooky haunted thing like it you look at the pictures you you look at the uh the photos and all the promotional stuff it looks like they're like oh no it's a scary haunted house and you think that's what it's going to be and yes okay trying to subvert your expectations my question to you dan was that okay? I guess I guess it was.
1: Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed the like this is it's one of those quick-witted English comedies. Like, you know, um how a lot of different English media will have like, you know, very silly and rapid-fire comedy like Faulty Towers, um, you mm. know, Money Python. You can see where it's like getting those roots from there essentially. But Jared, you 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 keep teasing this this issue i guess that the film has (laughs) and i'm i'm really curious as to what what uh you have to say about that so
0: there is blackface in this movie do you remember
1: the scene no
0: there is a a white guy pretending to be an arab guy
1: oh i thought he was just an arab guy no that's a guy in
0: blackface and then there is another guy in an arab dress who does like this like, which is, I, I thought was okay. I'm like, all right, he can be dressed up because it fits into what's going on in the story. But then he just starts doing like this crazy dance thing and it's like very elaborate. And even in the film, the writer, who's the writer and the director, he calls out how racist it is. And then he even says, he even talks about the blackface that's in it. And he's like, that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just because you call it out and say it's bad, doesn't mean mean it's still okay to be in this movie
1: i see what you're saying
0: um and then i started going down a rabbit hole of like okay so this movie has blackface in it it's 2017 was that still okay then no and i started looking at like the uk and and uh the history of their like comedy shows and stuff and apparently blackface has been going on very recently like within the 2000s and the 2010s, it was still, like, okay to have it on TV. There was a show called the Black and White Minstrel Show Mm -hmm. that went on until, like, 1979 is when it finally finished, and it was just white people would go on stage dressed in blackface and they'd sing songs and shit. And you're like, how the fuck was that still on until the 19... Like, almost the 1980s. Like, what the fuck? So then I, I I started looking at all their other shows, and it was like, Uh, The Mighty Boosh has been accused of blackface, there's a couple other really big TV shows that were accused of it, and I was like, oh my gosh, is the, the US the same? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Every show that I grew up watching had blackface in it, apparently. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Cartoons used to do it a lot. One of them is called uh, uh, Papa Lazario, I think. But he's, he's from a British TV comedy. And he's supposed to be a demon, but his face is all black. And he has, like, white on his mouth and his eyes. And then the other one in uh, from The Mighty Boosh is a character that is supposed to be the spirit of jazz. He looks like a Rastafarian skeleton with a top hat, and I'm like, okay, he's kind of like a skeleton man, and he's supposed to like represent an actual mm-hmm. evil spirit that steals your soul. So I'm like, it's kind of not, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I would leave that up to uh, our black listeners to let me know if the, that stuff's not okay or not. But then there's other stuff like Carl Malone from uh, The Man Show. So it's one of the characters dresses up as that basketball player and just does skits. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking it was hilarious and not getting at all that he was pretending to be a black person. And that's probably not an okay thing. Okay, sorry everybody, we had technical difficulties. Um, I was doing my whole big spiel about blackface. And then I was like looking at you, Dan, and you were just sitting there very stoic. And I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? Why is he not saying anything? And then he dropped. So yeah, we we had some issues with Discord. Anyways, yeah, so I've realized by watching this movie that growing up I've been uh inundated with blackface everywhere, and I guess I was okay with it when I was a kid.
1: Well, I mean you didn't know any better, I don't think, whenever you were a kid. Um I didn't. Just popular culture. No one in told general me. Has, yes, very much been. You know, tainted by blackface. I I feel like an idiot for not catching it. Like I didn't see it. It's okay because it wasn't like
0: the minstrel show blackface. It was a guy with um he had like brown makeup on.
1: Well, I thought he was just an Arab uh, person living in England, like because that is uh, still a thing. Okay. Well, no, because w- what I thought here's here's what I thought. I thought that the guy. That we're talking about because right outside of the um, the building, there's a billboard for a politician who is the same race. Mm-hmm. And I thought the joke was, it's the politician doing this weird sex stuff.
0: Oh. See, that makes sense. But later on, they even talk about it, how the guy is in brownface. And you could have missed that line because there's a lot of lines that just kind of go fast in this movie. Yeah, I did. But so, because I was unsure too, and then he said that in the movie, and I was like, oh, it was intentional. <laughs> it's, in- it's supposed to be that. And I'm like, no, why? Here's my next question to you, I guess. Did you think this movie was funny? This is like my go-to.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, I did think it was funny. I think there was a lot of humor in it. That scene that you're talking about was a tinge racist, yes, but it was so outlandish and absurd that it made me laugh because... It's supposed to be. It's trying to go for that. Yeah, the absurdity of it. Yeah, but what made that joke work was the overarching joke of the main bad guy like being what the fuck is going on in this house even though he's the one that's in there causing all the trouble to begin with
0: yeah i i thought this movie like made me laugh a couple times and i was more enjoying the story and what was going on between these two and the mystery of the golden dragon which will make sense later and the mystery of the house, like, is it haunted? Is it not haunted? And kind of the friendship between Lavender and the main character. Carlson. That kind of going. Yeah, Carlson. Um, but that soon goes away pretty fast and just kind of leads to nonsense. And then the whole, like, last half of the film, which we shall get into. So, yeah, this is, movie was kind of a disappointment to me. Really? I'll say.
1: Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed the movie. I mean, the terrible things that you have let me know aside, I thought this it was a pretty strong film in terms of um, banter and just the way the banter carries the narrative. I don't know.
0: I mean, this movie is really well written. Yes. Like, the dialogue in it is so good. I thought Matt Pendergast as Carlson did well, but, like, David Whitney as Lavender fucking stole the show. He was out of control, which is yes. kind of like his role of just, like, this big bombastic weirdo
1: drunk who just tells outlandish tales and, and uh, my, I don't know who kind of out of his mind. Cause like some of them, I forgot the names, but they, they don't have pictures on IMDb, so I can't uh recognize them. But like the main bad guy was one of my favorite actors in this film. Oh yeah. He was really good. He I he, was I, fantastic.
0: Not sure which one that is just by looking at this list, like you say, but yeah, he was really good. I thought the landlord was okay. He was okay. He's a little obnoxious. He
1: he had a, he had some of the good lines. I I, I liked because I think it's because he was obnoxious. Like I I understood him to be an obnoxious character. I'm like, oh, this guy's yes. just way too much.
0: Well, I feel like he kind of took me out of the movie a little bit because everyone else acted in a semi-realistic manner. Uh, I don't know. It was it took me out a little bit.
1: All right, Dan, do you have a question for me? What do you think about? the beats of crisis in the film. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's it's yes. one thing after another, after another. How, how did that make you feel? Okay, so
0: to answer that, we'll have to get into spoilers. So we're going to spoil this. I know we already kind of spoiled it. I, I'm sorry, I
1: apologize. Not super. There's so much to this film.
0: Yes, and uh, so we're going to spoil it. If you want to watch it, it's on uh, Amazon Amazon UK. Prime, yes. I don't think I can recommend it. Okay, we're gonna spoil the movie so the the different plot points right? are you talking about when the robbers show up? Well, I mean I the construction guess guys? The,
1: the from head to toe, basically like yeah, there are more crisis beats towards the end of the film mm-hmm. so i yeah, I guess that is what I'm talking about like whenever that happens and things start to get a little absurd, a little bit more absurd, a little bit more absurd mm-hmm. how did you feel about all that? so
0: it starts off with. We have this new character, he moves into the house, and the struggle is getting along with his neighbor. And you're like, okay, that's an interesting struggle. I'm into him being a guardian with this other guy he doesn't know. And then it gets into, oh, I'm going to tell you this elaborate story about this golden dragon and how immigrants came from China and they were massacred in the house and there was a a deal gone wrong and now evil spirits live there and there's there's like some hidden treasure that's there. And that was so interesting and like them walking along uh, that river or whatever when he's talking about it and then the whole bar scene where they're talking back and forth about his relationship with his fiance and how that messed up because he proposed to her or whatever and she like shot him down. I was so interested in that even if I wasn't really laughing per se I was like yes they have a solid story let's build on it. Uh, What are you going to
1: say? I'm just going to say I agree with that. But (laughs) what I really liked about that is retrospectively, that's just a huge exposition dump that is the biggest red herring because there's no such thing as a golden dragon. And I liked that. Like he's (laughs) you find out that the guy who gave you the exposition dump is just the biggest compulsive liar in the world yeah <laughs> so i like that yes it, it's it's literally three minutes of the film that you're like oh this is an interesting story but it's, it's all bullshit anyway
0: <laughs> and i mean again the writing is so good I, uh i'll tell you a couple lines uh lavender's talking to him about relationships and he's like love leads to respect and respect leads to bad sex <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, that's the reason he doesn't want to be in relationships. And I thought that was pretty funny. And there's a lot of like very, very witty lines in this. And that's why it was so disappointing to me when it was saddled with just kind of scenes that don't go anywhere. And then all the other racist stuff where I'm just like, why is this even in the film? Like, why did you have to put this in the film? And I think it's a product of UK comedy that he might have been harping on Mm. that has been okay for so long Even in, like, recent times, in the 2010s, it was, like, totally fine, and no one ever thought about it. Um, yeah. So anyways, we have that, and then you're like, oh, that's interesting, and I like how it was subverted, and and we have the... I just wish the robber guys were more incorporated into the story, because it feels like they're just kind of tagged on at the end, finally, when they Mm -hmm. they show up. like, oh, yeah, we're scoping the place out. And then there was the whole fox lady. I didn't get that scene. It was just so random.
1: I think it was just like another sketch to put in. I thought it was funny. Like, I just, I liked how Carlson just immediately got bought into it as soon as he sees a fox. And then the way that, the way that Lavender yells at her to get out of the house is amazing. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
0: no, it's good. Um, I don't know. I, I wish it was just a little more incorporate the comedy into the main plot, but it just didn't seem like there was much... Going on there to begin with, because there's this whole thing where the main character's trying to leave, like he's going to leave, he's going to go, he's going to go, he's going to go, and every time it seems like Lavender is trying to keep him there, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why does he want to keep him there? And then none of that pays off. It's just to keep him there so the movie can keep going. Yeah. What's the deal? And the whole sex parties thing, was that just, it's just a gag? Like, it's not really part of the plot? At all, like well, I,
1: I mean, it's it's a gag, but then it's also strangely part of the plot towards the end. I guess like it's a ongoing thing with mm-hmm. these characters. Uh, the the landlord Bruxton or whatever his name is. Yeah, he organizes these sex parties. That are, it's it's hinted that politicians come to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. um. So I don't know. Like just really quick, the the whole thing about racism. Like I love. Singing in the Rain, that movie from the fifties. Mm-hmm. It's super sexist and super racist, but I still enjoy it.
0: Oh, what's the racist stuff in it?
1: There's like, um there's a scene with blackface for sure.
0: Oh,
1: it's, I see. Yeah, it's kind of racy in that, and it's. It, I, I can't say it's super, but there is a scene with it in. What it. year did that? Nineteen fifty-three.
0: Okay, so that's nineteen fifty-three. I
1: get that, but what I'm saying is. I just, I I want to say that I can still enjoy the movie even though it has these scenes that I can critique and say things about, basically. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this movie. Like, if there is blackface, then yeah, we should be critical of it. But at the same time, it's not the whole movie. I, I don't know. That's
0: true. And I, me not enjoying it wasn't only because of the blackface. Right. There were a lot of other things in this movie where I'm like, I'm not really having fun with these jokes. I don't think the plot's really going anywhere. The whole last half of the movie, when uh, people just start, like, when his girlfriend shows up and she's, like, not understanding that this is a hostage situation, and then that whole scene of them having a heart-to-heart in the closet, my brain checked out. Like, I don't even know what happened in that scene. I just, I couldn't pay attention. Really? I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so, it's just like, uh, all right. And, uh, yeah, my brain kind of just short-circuited, and I was, like, just waiting for the film to be over. Wow. And I, I, the blackface didn't help. So, yeah, again, Singing in the Rain, it's an older film. They probably should have known better, but at least they had the, the guys of, like, age to be like, okay. But now in, in the modern era, we kind of know maybe we shouldn't do that kind of stuff because well, it could be offensive towards yes, certain people.
1: And to be <sighs> as, as fair to the film as possible, they did try to be meta about it. Yeah. Your, your argument is sound, though. It's like if you're just going to try to be meta about it, why have it in there at all? There's a film, it's probably the only one that he's ever done that I like, but it's by Spike Lee. Um, and it deals specifically It deals specifically with blackface, and it's called Bamboozled. Yes. And if you've never seen it, I can't recommend it enough, but it's very racially charged. Basically, the, these two um, black entertainers get famous by doing minstrel black. So they put on blackface as black people. Oh And they get really popular in America by doing this. It's a really depressing. Do people movie. think they're white? No, but it's people that fall in love with the the racist depiction, the caricature yes. of
0: a black man. Yeah, and it's in like they, it's see a that really, sounds
1: really good. Yeah, it's a really gripping drama. But like, it's it, again, it's that that whole. If you're gonna include it, I guess what the point is is just do it very carefully, and just don't do it at all if 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 you have the choice. I, I don't know. It's a difficult topic
0: that can be tackled but I don't think this movie did it well.
1: That's fair. That's a fair assessment.
0: That's what I will say. I'm sorry that I've hijacked this entire review to talk about blackface.
1: It completely went over my head. So maybe I'm just an idiot. Anyway, one of my favorite lines in this film, I don't even remember what was said because I was laughing too hard. (laughs) um, So all of the, The the kidnappers or the the bad guys, they have uh, Lavender tied up and they're like, you know, frying him with some kind of hot knife or something. I know exactly
0: what you're going to say. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) So there's a third bad guy that comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh shit, what is this guy going to do? And he's like super intimidating and he gets really close to Lavender's ears and he just starts saying, this is what I'm going to do to you. And like some of the things is like, I'm going to make you fuck a goat in front of kids. I'm like, what? Yes. And the whole time, like, the other bad guys were just like, looking at each other shit. like, what, what is going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want to be absurd, just do shit like that. Because that made me laugh out loud. I was really laughing hard because I'm like, this is crazy.
1: That was and it's just like a genius scene.
0: Yeah. You want to be absurd, be absurd. What did you
1: feel about uh, the jack-off scene? That was an experience that I have never... <laughs> in my life thought i would ever see something like that happen but here it is in this mm-hmm. movie like it definitely made this movie unique <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's a first for everyone apparently
0: that's the director's favorite scene wow i was reading an interview uh with him about it and well, he was okay uh, very so, excited for people to see that so
1: if you guys haven't seen it yet uh what you're about to get into is there's a scene where uh carlson is like fantasizing about his wife in the shower and he starts masturbating and then his roommate lavender just he like he's like well you don't know lavender's in the room yet but he smells shit and he's like what's what and then he looks out of the shower and lavender's taking a shit right next to him and lavender's like just go back to doing what you were doing i had too much coffee i'll be out of here quick it's like oh my god mm-hmm.
0: and if you want to see uh flaccid penises uh, you're in luck because you get to see his dick in the shower, and then you get to see Lavender's uh the the extreme outline of his penis. Remember when he's doing oh, kettlebell training and yeah. he's drinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's drinking. He yeah he's he's drinking while he's doing the kettlebell exercises, and he's like, "What are you yes. like?" Carlson's like, "Why are you doing that?" He's like, "Well, I'm not stupid enough to get in a fight while I'm sober, so I got to prepare for you know the time whenever I am gonna get in a fight." <laughs> So, like, I,
0: there are definitely some funny moments in this, this film that, where I laughed. I just don't think the plot, there wasn't enough going on to to push the plot forward as to, like, what what is this movie really about? And it, it kind of, like we said, it, it was like little skits or vignettes in the film where things kind of happen, and then some stuff kind of ties in towards the end with the robbers. It's strange, because I really do think the writing is excellent. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to beat the dead horse anymore, so... Well, I mean... Dan,
1: uh, was there anything else you want to talk about? I think that this film has a lot of saving graces. I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. It won't be for everyone. Like, it, I, I can name, like, probably five people that I would not recommend this film to. But, you know, if if you like these kind of fast-talking English films, you know, it, it might be up your alley. I think that the premise of the film is really good, and that's why I appreciate it so much. And I think that's why I just, the the fact that they are living their rent free to be protectors of this house. And then the house has lore behind it. That doesn't even matter. And it, it just, it's a bunch <laughs> of absurdity that ties it all together. So I can see where the writing of the plot wanes towards the end, mm. but it's the dialogue that keeps you going because the dialogue is rapid fire. So take that with whatever you want to take that with a grain of salt. I
0: agree with avocado toast with most of what you're saying for sure. Yes. Ooh, California style. Ooh,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) So yeah. Was that your final thoughts? Yeah, I think so. My final thoughts. um, It was an okay movie. Uh, Don't be racist. (laughs) Just stop. Just stop being racist. What the fuck, dude? Just stop. Come on. Like I know I'm a white guy. I get it. I'm sure they didn't mean to be racist. I know, they probably didn't. They probably were like, "Oh god, what have what have we done?" But like, you know, who am I to say like what is racist to other people? I just I feel it in my bones. It feels wrong. So, uh maybe if we uh black listeners please like uh, message us. Tell us like, "Hey, am I just insane?" Let me know <laughs> cuz this seems it seems not good. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Um, okay. <laughs> Dan, two plugs. God damn it! Get me out of here <laughs> now! Help! Uh, <laughs> please. I need an adult. I need an adult. <laughs> uh,
1: you can find us on Twitter at Indie Film Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. If you are a filmmaker, we recommend checking out our Patreon page. You can donate to us, but. For filmmakers specifically, there is a $5 donation that will put your film on a much shorter waiting list than our regular six-month waiting list. So if you want a bigger turnaround or a faster turnaround for your film, that option is there for you. Just donate 5 bucks, and then it'll go on a shorter list. And uh, yeah. We get more submissions than movies
0: that we can cover a month, for sure. It's out of control. Uh, So very quickly, Necropodicon Network, that is the network we are associated with. Go there to necropodicon.com. You click on the link to the Discord, you can come hang out with us. We're all on there having fun. And uh, also, our big flagship show over there, which is amazing, I love it. Sons of the Fathers is a Call of Cthulhu role-playing podcast. And I am on it, wow. Dan. I'm a star, all right? My name is in the big lights. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to hear more of me, <laughs> you want to hear more of me telling you what's racist and what's not, <laughs> Go listen uh, to I Sun won't be to doing that on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, it won't, I won't be doing that there, but uh, <laughs> it's a really fun podcast. Uh, I try to be silly, but also serious. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it goes well.
1: But yeah, check it out. Roll the dice and see if you're being racist. Uh, crit fail. Oh no. no. (laughs) I do have
0: dice in front of me. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, a 35. Is that, I think that's a pass. So I think I'm not racist. That's great. (laughs) Awesome. Really good bit, Jared. Way to end strong. (laughs) That's a bad Brad reference. Uh, okay. So, uh, yes. Thanks again. Dan, you have the final word.
1: Of course I do. Ladies and gentlemen, here at the End of Film Review, all of our uh, views are that of ours and should not be affiliated with the makers of the, or distributors of this DVD. Thank you for watching the commentary. Uh, good night. <laughs>